Week 83 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. President doesn't want to leave. It's time to go, Mr. President. Grab your stuff. Let's get out of here. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I, as citizens, have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are, as a people, not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the votes. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I mean, how much more do we have to take of this nonsense from Donald Trump and his accolades in the U.S. Congress, pretending that this election is still in doubt? Meanwhile, he's withdrawing lawsuits in Pennsylvania. He's got no chance now. The recount's all but done in Georgia. He made up no ground so far in the biggest of counties. I mean, it's over, and we're indulging this whiny little baby. Meanwhile, he's making moves. He's uh, telling people to drill for oil in Anwar. I mean, I'm sorry. If you're one of those oil manufacturers thinking about drilling in Anwar, I wouldn't invest too much money in this bid. Uh, he, he's making troop moves. He's taking our troops out of Afghanistan and Iraq. Something Mitch McConnell said would be good news for our enemies. Meanwhile, Mitch McConnell... You know, you could just go to the floor of the Senate and say, start the transition. The election's over. If you really think this guy's emboldening our enemies, why don't you let the enemies know that this country will stand united behind our new president when it comes to foreign conflict? I, I don't know how much longer we have to put up with this nonsense, but it is absolute nonsense. And it is driving a wedge in this country. And the president uh, is is continuing to drive the wedge. He he does not care about America. He will burn this country down to try to cover up the fact that he lost. And unfortunately, I don't think there's 72 million people that believe it. You know, he got 72 million votes. I think, though, there's a good 40 million people who believe it, who believe that this president was robbed and that they are on the side of the angels and that somehow Democrats are evil. I I just, I, I am annoyed because I know people who I have known my entire life who think that the Democratic Party is evil, that it is somehow satanic. Meanwhile, you know, they're worshiping a false idol who is a womanizer, cheater, liar, incompetent, thief. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. You think that I'm evil. You think that the Democratic Party is evil. You're worshiping this guy who's lied to day and night. And, And the same people who think that this election was stolen are the same people that think that Democrats are incompetent. So what are we? Are we masterminds that we can fix elections in 3,600 counties across this country? 
but we're so bad at it that we only let the president win, you know, Joe Biden, that is. Uh, meanwhile, down tickets, the Democrats lost seats in the House, didn't pick up the Senate. Um, sorry, I, I, I you know, if, if, if I was planning to steal the election, I'd steal the election. I'd steal all the seats in the election. I wouldn't leave the Senate in Mitch McConnell's hand. Why would I do that if that was my plan? And, you know, I remember back in February them talking about how incompetent the Democrats were. They couldn't even run the Iowa caucus. How are they going to run the country? So you're saying that the Democrats somehow figured it out. People are telling me all sorts of nonsense about the schemes they think that are happening, that somehow Democrats changed the votes of African-American men. How did they do that? How did they? I mean, all of these things that people bring up time and time again, about this election are the most ridiculous, absurd BS I have ever heard in my life. Meanwhile, the president's getting laughed out of court. He has dropped his cases in, in like, I, I think I've already said this, I'm going around in circle, but he's dropping his cases, right? He's not winning any of these cases. The only win he has so far is the six foot, uh, you know, six, you could stand six feet closer <laughs> rule uh, from Pennsylvania. Yay. Uh, I mean, there is no evidence that Uh, Republican poll watchers were not allowed. There's no evidence that Republican votes were changed. And and what? They only changed the presidential vote, though, because down the ticket, Republicans still won. America, uh, I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're as frustrated as I am with this president uh, and probably more frustrated with Republicans who are supposed to be from the governing wing of their party who are going right along for this ride. I will hold them all accountable for the end of till the end of time. This is not this is inexcusable. If you ask me inexcusable, there is no reason that this transition should not be beginning at this point. We now have Great news that there are two vaccines that appear to be uh, effective. Well, you know what? The transition team should be working with uh, with the Trump administration's planning unit that is planning Operation Warp Speed, that is planning the distribution of this vaccine because they're going to have to head it up. Trump will be gone in nine weeks. So it's time for them to start working with the people who are going to be here. And it's time for people to start facing reality. And this president, look, he won't do it. He won't face reality. We're never going to have this president concede. Even when he does ultimately leave, he'll say he was robbed and he will, you know, run around with it. Trump rioters yesterday uh, over the weekend in in Washington, D.C. were chanting, no Trump, no peace. No Trump, no peace. (laughs) Yeah, because that's like justice, right? That's like justice. Keep rioting. You know what? You guys do your thing. Okay? Because we, we, you, you do your thing. You want to march down the street chanting Trump. You want to give up your weekends. That, that's up to you. Uh, I, I'm all for free speech. But you're worshiping at a guy who, who's just going to grift you for four more years and then probably won't run again in 2024. He'll tell you he's going to run, but he's not going to run. He is a grifter, 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 and you all are just his mark. You're his mark, and he's taking advantage of you. And it's driving me nuts because, again, I got a lot of friends, um, family members, frankly, that believe this BS. They believe in Donald Trump. They think that, you know, he is their Messiah and that, you know, everybody else is a liar but him. It's amazing to me, amazing to me, especially people who live in New York and grew up with this guy, understand who he is, knew who he was before he got there on the national stage. I'm blown away by it, and I want it to end. I want to move on. I, I will tell you, it has been nice, though, that he's not been coming out making statements. 
And, you know, he's tweeting every couple hours that he won, like a big baby that he is. But I'm not even really paying that close attention to it. I'm just getting ready. Getting ready to move on. I'm going to have to plan these shows out more. I'm going to have to plan out my radio shows. Um, You know, my, my show in New York City on WABC has been raucous. If you have not listened to that show, um, you know, Sundays at 4 p.m., it is a raucous show. Uh, I get a lot of calls from both sides of the aisle. Um, most of them are conservatives. I mean, WABC is pretty much a conservative station. But it's fun. Uh, you should listen to that show. It's a good show. My Obviously, my uh, my syndicated show on Thursday nights, a lot of you probably hear that as well. Uh, but people are on fire. I'm on fire. But, you know, one of the things that's bothering me most is the media for the past two weeks, have been focused on the 72 million people who voted for the loser and not on the 80 million people that voted for the winner. Um, Joe Biden's going to get 51% of the vote, it looks like. He's going to get about 80 million votes. Trump's going to get between 72 and 73 million votes. So Joe Biden's going to beat him by 7 million votes. And, you know, those 80 million people matter too. And every time I turn on TV, I'm hearing about why some old white guy voted for Donald Trump. Some overweight white woman voted for Donald Trump. Here's why I voted for Donald Trump. I, I don't know why I'm giving her that access when she, you know, lives in New Jersey. But I, I just, I, I don't get it. There are 80 million people who voted against Donald Trump and for Joe Biden. 80 million. And the more, you know, we're play again, the media for the past 30 years has been playing on Republican turf. The Democratic Party has been forced to debate under Republican terms. Whatever it is that they care about is what the country has to care about. And they want to whine and complain about the liberal media. They are absolutely wrong. The media in this country may be liberal by their own personal philosophy, but they go out of their way to play the game on the Republican field. Whether it's calling... Uh, court expansion, court packing, picking up Republican terms like the debt tax, things of that nature. They go out of their way. So here we are, the election's over. What's wrong with the Democrats who just had the biggest win of any president in the history of this country? Joe Biden got more votes than any Democrat, any president ever. His margin of victory now is 0.2% higher than Ronald Reagan's was in 1980. Remember the Reagan revolution, they called it? Do you remember that? By the way, Democrats held the House during the Reagan revolution. So, you know, he didn't really have coattails down the ticket either. So, you know, why aren't we talking about this impressive victory the Democrats had? Why are we why are we talking about the fact that we lost a couple House seats in gerrymandered districts, by the way, Republican drawn seats, states, you know, you know, we, we lost seats that we barely won two years ago. In red states, for the most part, we didn't hold on to those seats. And those seats are pretty much drawn by Republicans for Republicans. But, oh, oh, the Democrats lost nine seats in the House. Yeah, they they won the presidency. They picked up one seat in the Senate. Really, they picked up two seats. Did you really think we were going to hold Alabama? I mean, we won Alabama because they ran, literally ran a sex offender who couldn't even deny he was a sex offender. And, and we ran like the perfect candidate in Doug Jones. 
So did you think we were going to? So we basically, we picked up two seats and we still have a chance to take control of the Senate in Georgia. And quite frankly, I think we're going to because I think Donald Trump's going to be crying in his basement or playing golf or staying at Mar-a-Lago and not spending a lot of time telling his supporters to get out in Georgia. And if Stacey Abrams does her magic and organize that state the way she you know keeps those people engaged, man, oh man, they can win that race. And I think they're going to. Georgia's changing. Now, Democrats haven't done well in those special, in those runoff elections in Georgia. They haven't. They just haven't. But this is the opportunity to turn that around. They got two great candidates running against two miserable candidates, quite frankly. One, Kelly Loeffler, the richest person in the Senate. She's despicable. And and, and she basically used insider trading to profit for this pandemic, as did Senator Perdue. Two cowards that wouldn't bring stimulus back to Georgia when they need it. Two cowards that wouldn't stand up to the president on coronavirus. I, I mean, I think that there's a real opportunity to pick up those states. Absolute opportunity. Those states. One state. Joe Biden won that state by 14,000 votes. Because on the back of really good organizing by Stacey Abrams and her crew. Okay, they, they really organized that state. So, because um, Joe Biden didn't spend a lot of money there. I don't think he spent any money there until the last two weeks. So all the grassroots, all the work was done by Stacey Abrams. Now Georgia's a swing state. Now for the next, you know, probably 20 years, it will be a swing state and it'll get a lot of attention from everybody. But those Senate seats are absolutely winnable and I, I think they're going to go after it. But yeah, I want to see more conversations about the vast majority of Americans, I mean, the vast majority, the majority of Americans, I think it's going to be about a four-point win nationally for Joe Biden. But the majority of Americans, the clear majority for sure, 51% is a clear majority, uh, the clear majority of Americans who voted for Joe Biden, every story I've seen in the mainstream media has been about the Trump voter. I don't want to hear any more about the Trump voter. I know what motivates them. Lies motivate them. Deception motivates them. They are living in a wormhole of misinformation and they don't know how to get out of it because quite frankly, they like living in it. The Trump voter thinks that COVID-19 is not a problem even though 250,000 Americans have died from it in the last eight months. They don't think it's a problem. Are you kidding me? They won't wear a mask. They think wearing a mask makes you un-American. Yeah, that's what's in their little pea brains. So I don't really care anymore. What we got to figure out is how do we get them out of those wormholes? Some of them we might be able to save. Some of them we can't. They'll never come out of that wormhole. They'll live in that wormhole and they'll be happy in that wormhole with other worms you know, just living on Trump misinformation nonsense. They'll all subscribe to Trump TV when that comes out. They'll give money to Trump's fake campaign, which is probably never going to happen. They will let him grift them and they'll be happy. And even when they learn they've been grifted, they won't care. They'll be happy with the grift. They love the grifter because that's the only thing they know because that's the misinformation they're living in. So you want to know more about the Trump voter? Know about what they're reading online. That's how you know who they are. That's what they are. That's what they're all about. That's how you understand why they voted for Donald Trump. The uh, 80 million Americans who don't vote for, didn't vote for Donald Trump, they're actually getting their news from reality-based news sources. 
and they're looking around and seeing you know how horrible this country has become under Donald Trump, how divided we be, have become among each other, how much sickness and disease and unemployment and pain there has been in this nation. And they look around, they say, you know what? I don't want anything to do with that anymore. The only possible way you could be a Trump supporter is if you deny reality in this country. So yeah, I just did the media's job for the next six months of analyzing the Trump voter. Misinformation, living in a fantasy world of misinformation. That is why they voted for Donald Trump. Okay? You don't have to do another story about it, NBC, CNN, Fox. Nobody cares. That's what it is. It's misinformation. They ain't listening to my podcast. They're not reading the New York Times. They think the New York Times is a liberal rag. And you know what? If you want to make a case that their opinion section is kind of liberal, you can. It is. But their news is awesome. Their news department is awesome. These are, you know, a lot of these Trump supporters won't even watch Fox News because they called Arizona for Biden on election night. And Arizona did go for Biden. (laughs) They got it right. They did it early. It was a risk, but they got it right. It's insane. All right, so I went on a rant a little longer than I wanted to, <laughs> but it is what it is. Guys, I love you. You're making this podcast grow every week. Keep telling your friends about it. Tweet about it if you like it. You know, shoot me an email. Go to my website, ChristopherHahn.com. Uh, I've got a great guest coming up, Alice Hennigan. He's an author. He's been on the show before. It's been a while. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, and then I'll be back to wrap it up. You guys are great. You're awesome. Stay where you are. With me right now, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, person I love talking politics with, Ellis Hennigan. He is a columnist and author and all-around good guy. Ellis, how you doing? Make it stop, Chris. Guy, <laughs> it's supposed to stop. When is it going to stop? Why do we have to, like, indulge this man still? I, I don't understand, like... These conservatives are like, just give him his space. Let him let him take his time. But humor him. Humor him. Yeah. I'm done humoring him. way to deal with a president. I mean, usually we debate him. We he, consider him. We weigh his views. This guy, we have to humor Yeah, him. yeah. He's like apply a, the three-year-old. So. He, it's amazing to me. I, I don't understand how anybody is not, like, blown away by how, what a whiny little cur the guy is. And there is no actual legal strategy. There's no factual path. There's no. There's no way you can explain this in a way that that A plus B might actually equal C. It really it, a tantrum is frankly it really is a is a much better model to apply to this circumstance. Yeah, I mean that's really all it is. It's a big old tantrum. I don't I don't see any end game here. I see no strategy. It's like scattershot lawsuits that don't even add up to changing the results of the state. That is true, but you and I need to think a little more broadly, I'm afraid. I don't think you can apply a traditional legal strategy. But at the same time, there is something going on here, and it really behooves us to try to figure out exactly what it is. Well, where are you going with that? What do you think is going on? Do you think he's trying to well, de- delay certification of these results so that he can get these Republican legislators to change the results? No. I don't think it has anything to do with who's going to be the next president. I think it has to do with 72 million, I guess the number is now. It's inching up from 71, yep. 72 million people who looked at the last four years and 
somehow decided, please, sir, may I have another? Yeah, I mean, what is wrong with these people? I don't, I don't, well, un- I, I don't understand how anyone can look at the last four years and say more, please. Yes, I'm, I'm. Of course, I'm with you on that. But I, but I also recognize that it's a big, diverse country. Um, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. People look at the same set of facts and come to different conclusions. That is the world that we live in. And indeed, Chris, no matter how you and I feel about it, there are somewhere in the 70-something million range of people who looked at the last four years and said, I'd like another just like that. And yeah. that's, that's a very, very powerful fact that we really do need to get our heads around. I mean, it's worth trying to figure out. Now, and some of them are my relatives. Let me just not my relatives, too. I, I, you know, I I don't know what I'm going to do about people. Thanksgiving. I mean, we might have to cancel it anyway based on COVID, but I don't know what I would but, 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 but nice people. And it's and it's it's not it, it isn't the best analysis to say either that they're stupid or crazy. There's, there's other stuff going on here. But, but, but so let's try to figure it out. I mean, that's, it seems to me like, you know, if we're going to be the supposedly, you know, good analysts and smart people, we should try to figure it out. So, so we got to at least recognize that. So it seems to me, let's start with that. Let's yep. start with recognizing that there is a, there's a big group of people out there, not a majority. No. But, but a, big, a big group. Yeah, a very large minority of people in this country. Horrible that think that this guy's great um, and, and they are completely misled by something and we've got to get a handle on that. Right. So, so look at it. I always find that when I'm trying to understand something, the best way to do it is to try to look at it from the other person's perspective. So, so, so if you're Donald Trump, what is it that you want here? What is it that you'd like to achieve? What do you want to have when you're done? And so it seems to me that the first and most important thing to Donald Trump is relevant. Yeah, I think that he he's in he's in a dicey right. He wanted to win. He really, really wanted to win. He might have even expected to win. I, I I don't know the answer to that, but he might have. And he didn't. And he didn't win. Yeah. And the other guy got five million or so more votes. Even in the uh, electoral college, the bizarre map of the electoral college, he's he's, he's losing. He's going to. He's lose. losing as badly as he won, frankly. <laughs> Right. And nothing and nothing that's going to happen in any of these recounts or complaints about uh, about fraud are going to change that fact. Right. But but so what's he going to be doing in the future? One thing he needs to do is keep his base riled up. And so fighting even a losing battle, maybe even especially a losing battle, is a valuable way to keep the base revved up. Yep. He wants to be a victim. He's very comfortable in the role of of they're picking on me, then I... Yeah, he loves it. He loves to complain. You know, more than... I mean, liberals are supposed to be whiners, but I mean, believe me, we've passed the torch on that. Oh, cle- clearly. And so so keep the folks riled up, play the role of a victim, be either... I mean, I, I don't rule out completely the possibility of a 2024 run, but at the very least... Pretend. He wants, <laughs> he wants to be in the role of the person who anoints those who come. It's going to be, do you remember the Bachelor TV show? Yep. That's what the Republican nominating process is going to be like in 2020. I don't think Trumpism works without Trump, frankly. I think that what he does for the next four years is pretend he's running for president and raise a lot of money to pay for his jet that he never uses. uh, And, and, you know, allow him to travel the world on, uh, in style. And uh, and then, you know, sometime in early 2024, say, nah, you know what? I'm too old. <laughs> yeah, that could I think that's probably right. But 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 with that comes the ability to bless 
whoever comes after. Yes. And can you imagine he's going to start having interviews and people are going to come have lunch with him. And at some point he's going to hand a rose, I guess, maybe to yeah. one of them. He'll hand the uh, rose to Nikki Haley and say, you could run for president now. Take my army. My blessing. And for the next three years between now and then, all these people are going to have to kowtow and suck up and be careful. And I think that's what's beginning right now. I think what this is all, not one of these people believes that Donald Trump won this right. election, but every one of them is scared to death to alienate his supporters, to get him mad at him, to have a, a discordant tweet go out. And I think this entire thing is, is a piece of theater designed to try to suck up to him in a way that they can, whoever the person is we're talking about, can inherit his very, very loyal 70-something million supporters and use them to ride into the I'm just a, I think that's pretty good. I think it's spot on. I, I also think it's so dangerous, the game these guys are playing, though, right now. You know, really turning half this country against the process. You know, like the electoral process is rigged. I mean, look, this guy appointed more judges than anybody. If it really was rigged, those judges would rule for him. And they've been throwing out Republican judges have been throwing out case after case. Right. And Republican uh, electoral officials, secretaries of state and and county election chiefs and a lot across America. Not one of them are lining up. Right. No. I mean, you got the guy in Georgia. He's a Republican, an elected Republican. And, he, and he's like, look, man. These are the results. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Sorry. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, we, we you know, he, he wasn't in the bag for Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, it's like he just, the people came out and they voted. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I wish, right. I wish, uh, I wish it would have gone in the other direction. But so I just think that we make a mistake and, and I keep doing interviews, media interviews like this, where we get drawn into this conversation about, these technical voter regs. Yeah. And I don't think it's really about any of that. No, it's not about any of that. It's about his ego and his grift. I mean, it's really just a big grift, if you ask me. All right. So so let's talk some more, you know, about the implications here of this dragging out. I mean, we saw uh, one of the senators uh, who chairs the Intel Committee say, you know, enough is enough. Let's get this. Uh, transition underway so that the vice president-elect, excuse me, the president-elect can have access to security briefings so he's not caught flat-footed like George W. Bush was, quite frankly, uh, when he comes into office in January. Yeah, I think it matters some. I, I mean, I don't. I, I'm not among those who think it's some horrible catastrophe that you know means dreadful things are going to happen. Yes, he ought to get his office space and his security clearances and his... Uh, but it's, I mean, frankly, it really is more of a symbolic thing. It's its a way for Trump to lord it over for another, whatever it is, 70 days. Yeah. Um, it, you, know, you know, listen, if, not, if another 9-11 happens two weeks after, I guess we'll look at it and we'll say, oh, my God, this is part of the reason. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's children acting like children. Um, the vice president-elect already is getting these briefings. I, listen, all these people are talking to Biden anyway. They all, all the intelligence officials think Trump is an idiot. Yep. So you don't really need the binder. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's a fair point, but it's, it, it doesn't really have me deeply. I, I just think, look, I, I think that it, it makes this country look less stable. And um, and 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 sometimes that appearance of this country looking less stable might lead um, 
some actors around the globe to take actions that you know, might not be in the best interest of the world or this country because they think America is not really in a position to respond. And I, yeah, it is funny. It is funny the foreign leaders who are just calling anyway, right? I mean, they can find the cell phone number and they'll just make the call. Right, right, right. And their their messages piling up at the State Department, and the president <laughs> doesn't want to give the message. He's like a bad roommate. He's America's bad roommate. He's not handing the messages over to Joe Biden, who's his roommate. The, Joe Biden, the responsible roommate who pays the rent and the utility bills. And Trump's just crashing on the couch, not even giving him his messages. Right. And there's a, that stack of pink slips with phone numbers that are not yet returned. Yeah, it's exactly just, right. it's just exactly. total nonsense. And it's just like a, the big baby, the GSA won't certify the letter. I mean, it's just... It's just so petty. And, 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 and the memo that was sent out that said, if you're even talking to this transition team, you're going to get fired. If you're looking for a job, we're going to fire you. <laughs> right, right. That idea of treating your own people, that's how you know an organization in its final days is when they start shooting their own. Yeah. And you start blaming people who have been your supplicants for, for three and a half years and they do something that's not decided. Frankly, the attack on Fox is the same way. I mean, how could you imagine a television network more supportive than Fox News Channel has been to Donald Trump? And because, what, one guy in the election unit called the <laughs> state too soon, all of a sudden they're your moral sworn enemy for the rest of your life. Yeah, That's it's, not it's normal. It's ridiculous. The fact that he even mentions Fox News is ridiculous. One of the things I know to be true is that Joe Biden will never tweet about me, ever. Donald Trump did it twice in the last three months in the middle of a pandemic. Why? <laughs> I mean, you think Joe Biden's going to be sending out tweets? I don't like Chris Matthew, or not Chris, Chris Cuomo. Right, exactly. And, and, and it's not just you, believe me. He'll be turning on you know his, his, his biggest supporters of yesterday who will be supporting him at 96%, and it will turn him into sworn enemies. It's the circular firing squad that happens near the end of any declining empire. And by the way, that's why I think that even though he might announce he's running for re-election in 2024, or election in 2024, I guess, um, I don't see how he wins. Now, I, I get it. 75 million, 70 million, 72 million people voted for him, and he's a driving force. I don't know. This kind of no, petty behavior kind of gets right. gets you down. You know, it breaks you. Right. Also, first of all, he's more yesterday's news. The demographics of the country continue to change because his supporters are, on average, older. Yeah. And I hate to say this, but I mean, some of them won't be here in four years. Yep. Um, so no, it won't get easier. It will only get harder and people will remember the bad stuff and not the good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting couple of, uh, interesting couple of months. I think I, I'm really interested to see what he does immediately upon leaving here. Does he just go away or does he just, does he start a network that, what does he do? I mean, what is, what's your best bet? I think he's going to want a platform. Um, also, don't forget something we haven't mentioned is the prospect of, of prosecution. Yeah. That won't, help his, that won't help his campaign, by the way. And even if he does some kind of self-pardoning maneuver, which, which I guess is possible, 
he can't pardon himself. He can't protect himself against potential state prosecutors. Yeah, and there are state and prosecutors who are raring to go right now. They're they're already bubbling, and uh, and and there be you know federal prosecutors might find ways. Who knows? I just think that you got to factor that into it. So I think you're right. Highly unlikely he actually runs, but he will drag it out. I'll yep. tell you the analogy of the Bachelor TV show. Yeah, it's great. Is, uh, is probably pretty close. I, I think it's great. I think I'm going to steal that from you if I ever need it. Okay, is, is that okay? Am I allowed to just borrow that one? I'll, I'll give you credit. I'll, I'll I'll give you credit. I'll be like, it's an Ellis Hennigan line, but I'm stealing it. You can you can have it. <laughs> so it is it is it is it's just I don't know. I I'm of the mind that uh that. Yeah, he is getting older, and his base is getting older. And four years is a long time, right, in, in, in a life of a guy that's 74 years old already. Um, you know, and, and granted, the, the president-elect is 78. So it's going to be, uh, you know, we'll see where this guy is four years from now. But, I, you know, I find it hard to believe. I think he'll do the whole grift. And then four years from now, uh, he'll, like you said, he'll give the rose to somebody else. Yeah, and raise a lot of money between now and then. By the way, you notice the money isn't really necessarily going <laughs> to fighting the election results. Well, Rudy Giuliani, to be you know, to be to be you know, honest, Rudy Giuliani, he works for Scotch. So, you know, how much is a bottle? A good, even a even a good bottle of Scotch is only five hundred bucks. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the president can handle that. So, you know, we spent all this time talking about Trump. You know, here we are. We're talking about Trump, but you know, there's going to be a new president. His name is Joe Biden. Um, you know, what do you think he's going to face when it comes to dealing with Mitch McConnell, assuming, you know, they hold the Senate? Yeah, well, hold on a second. I'm not 100 percent sure of that. Me neither. I mean, you know, those two cases in Georgia, the Republicans are all fighting with each other down there on a the normal day. The Republicans still have advantages in Georgia. But, you know, Joe Biden just won the presidential uh, election. He did. And the two Republican candidates are not perfect candidates. They're horrible they're candidates. They're both very flawed <laughs> candidates. They're deeply flawed candidates. The two Democratic candidates are actually pretty good. They're very good. And Stacey Abrams is no joke. She is an organizer, clearly. And, you know, look, I said this on Fox on Monday. It depends on if the president is depressed or not. If the president is depressed and just playing golf down at Mar-a-Lago for the rest of the year, they probably are going to lose Georgia because he won't campaign. And those people that came out to vote for him aren't going to come out. Meanwhile, Stacey Abrams and her organization with the two great candidates are going to be pulling their people out in this January election. Yeah, I think it's I think it's possible. Listen, I, I'm not I'm not going to pretend that I really know what's going to happen there. But I am not in the camp that says it's inevitable that uh, that Mitch McConnell is going to be the majority leader of the Senate. Now, I would concede that it could happen. Yes. And so I guess we got to think about it. Yeah. I mean, the guy was was horrible to Obama. And we're in the middle of a, a crisis that's only getting worse uh, with the COVID-19. It looks like we're going to have a bad winter with lots of shutdowns and, and, and people going to lose their jobs. And, and stimulus is needed. And, you know, where is he going to be? So here's what I notice: Biden's tone has been really good. He has he, he knows what he wants to say. He has not taken the cheap bait. Right. He's uh, reaching across the aisle. He's speaking calmly. He's not getting into stupid fights. He's picking his issues. I, I think the coronavirus stuff is clearly the first thing that he's got to lead with. 
And he's been a real grown-up about it. He's yeah. brought together professionals. He's done what a president ought to do. He's uh, uh, making clear where his values are, and he wants to go with the science, and he wants to make it better. And, and by the way, things are swirling out of control right now. Completely out of control. I'm freaking out. I'm, like, worried that, you know, my daughter goes to school, and I'm worried that they're going to wind up canceling school and sports. And, you know, I just think it's bad for the kids, Right. But at the same time, we don't want to see a million people die from this thing either. And we're well on our way in this country. It's it's horrible. Yeah. And by January 20, it could be significantly worse than it is right now. So so listen, one of the things we've learned from the, from the Trump years is that presidents can do a lot of things even when they don't have a unified government. Yep. And, you know, presidents have a lot of power in our country. And it would be better to do things legislatively. And there may be some some areas of, uh, of unity there. I, you know, Joe Biden does have relationships with Republicans in the Senate. Maybe they can find some, you know, obviously got people always keep coming back to infrastructure. Yep. We do need we do need to get some infrastructure, significant infrastructure. Absolutely. You know, that would be that would be good. I, I think I think most people would like to try and get a grip on this coronavirus thing. Um, and so maybe we can maybe we can get some joint efforts there going on. Um, are we going to get uh, Medicare for all through the Republican Senate? Probably not. The Green New Deal, probably not. Um, but you know what? What if you what if you just stop the crazy stuff? What if you make some kind of progress on some things that most Americans can agree on and then use your executive authority? I think that America is going to be a better place. Me too. I, you know, I will tell you this. I just did a rant right before I had you on about the need for Donald Trump to tell his people to take COVID-19 seriously, wear masks, social distance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a political issue. He's not running anymore. It's not the middle of the election. You want to get it under control. You know, I don't see him doing that, <laughs> but would be great if he did. I could see Joe Biden reaching out to him after he takes office and saying, hey, man, help me out here. Uh, but I doubt he will. Yeah, I just I don't think that's the play. You know, it's not a play to convince reasonable people in the middle that he's really a good guy and cares. It, it, it's about inflaming 40 percent of Americans and using that in some super turnout in the future to remain relevant. I, I just think that's the bet he's making. Yeah, it's um, so sad. It's so is sad. rational. It would be better, but I don't I don't see it happening. It's so sad that these people don't see it. And here we are. I mean I mean these outbreaks in like places like South Dakota, North Dakota. Yeah. I mean these are Trumpy states and their their return rates are like in the forty percent of, of, of people are testing positive. I mean their their hospitals are overwhelmed. It's dis- yeah. it's disgusting, and and yet the governors of those states refuse to put in mask mandates. Yeah, you know, and you would think too that when things hit home, I mean, Corey Lewandowski, the latest uh, of the Trump folks to uh, test positive today. Yeah, um, and there's a new new one every day. Yeah, high profile people we know. I mean, Mark know, Meadows, the chief of staff, has it right. <laughs> Usually, when problems hit home. Even people who are reluctant to embrace them recognize the issue and sometimes have their views changed. And they didn't for this guy because he had it himself and he only came back worse. (laughs) Look, I survived. I survived by getting on a helicopter and going to the best medical facility in the world and being surrounded by 14 doctors and 
any medical treatment available, so can you. <laughs> right, right. Self-growth is not something that seems to be a real hallmark of this crap. I mean, it's just not. And it's so pathetic. They are a pathetic bunch, and yet 72 million Americans think that they're all right. (laughs) Well, listen, there is an audience for stuff that seems bad. You know, we all know, we've all read enough history to know that there have been times in America where even a majority, not just 40%, even a majority, have embraced things that later on we came to see really weren't so good. as As a native of Louisiana, I'm especially aware of that. Well, these are the new know-nothings is what they are. They're the new know-nothings. They don't want to know nothing. They don't want to hear nothing. They know nothing. And Chris, as, as the aggressive progressive, you know that there was a time where majority of Americans opposed women voting. Yes. Majority of Americans supported slavery. And the majority of Americans supported racial slavery. Or they were against uh, marriage equality. It's horrible. Ellis, I'm out of time. This always goes too quick. At Hennigan on Twitter and Hennigan.com for all your Ellis Hennigan info. All right, I always love talking to Ellis. I think we just get a great political conversation. It's like a more focused version of my rant because Ellis and I are pretty much always on the same page and he's really good at doing this. He really is. He's been doing it a while and I enjoy talking to him. I'm glad he uh, takes the time to do the show. So uh, good on you, Ellis. Make sure you follow him. He's at Hennigan on Twitter. So, uh, you know, what will this week hold? Uh, I I don't know. I don't care all that much. Um, Next week's Thanksgiving. I don't know about you. I know last year I bragged about how great my turkey was. This year, it's just going to be me, my wife, and one of my daughters. My other daughter uh, is actually working on Thanksgiving as a reporter out of town. She's a, uh, a TV reporter now. Um, and she'll be out of town. So there will be just the three of us here. I usually have 20 or more people in my house, but I am not doing that this year uh, out of respect for the rules of COVID-19. And I quite frankly don't want to be responsible for killing any of my relatives or my in-laws. Um, so we're not going to have Thanksgiving. And I know a lot of you are going through that too. You're concerned, you're upset, you're depressed about it. But look, I mean, I see a light at the end of the tunnel for this pandemic. I think we're getting very, very close to the end uh, with two vaccines now, one with Pfizer, one with Moderna. Um, You know, I think by next Thanksgiving, we'll be able to go back to having Thanksgiving. We might have to have some changes to our life, but it's not going to be what it is now, a year from now. Um, we'll be in a much, much, much better place. So, you know, this Thanksgiving, do your best to social distance. Do your best to stay in touch with family. Um, you know, I, I know it's hard to talk to our family that may have supported Trump and may still support Trump. I know I have family members that I'm very close to that still support Trump. Still think he won. And that's even hard, I don't, you know, support who you support, but when the election's over, you know, the election needs to end, right? Um, You know, they don't want to acknowledge that Hillary Clinton conceded to Trump on election night. She called him before he went out and spoke. And then she went out publicly the very next day and conceded. Barack Obama had Donald Trump to the White House that week, two days after the election, 
Donald Trump was sitting in the Oval Office with Barack Obama talking about the transition. Um, Joe Biden himself invited Mike Pence to the Naval Observatory where the president's, the vice president's residence is. And they discussed um, the transition and Joe Biden was very gracious to Mike Pence. We see none of that right now. We see a bunch of whiny little babies doing what whiny little babies do, pouting, saying, these are my toys. These are my toys. They're not your toys. They're my toys. And they're treating this government like it's their toy. And they will do so for the next nine weeks. And we have a feckless Congress that is unwilling, unable, and incapable of standing up to this man. And God help us. Uh, God help us what this man's going to do to our country in the next nine weeks. That he had, Look, I mean, granted, he's already basically destroyed this country, even though 72 million Americans don't see it for the reasons I gave you earlier. But he could do a lot of damage in the next nine weeks. Let's, you know, one of the things I'll pray for on Thanksgiving that he doesn't, that he just says, you know what? I'm going to take the plane. I'm going to go to Hawaii. I'm going to play golf until my term's over. Or maybe I'll go to Hawaii one day. Uh, maybe I'll fly up to Alaska. I mean, you know, when is he going to go to Alaska again? Go to Alaska. See the Northern Lights. Do whatever you want. Just don't mess with the country, Mr. President. I don't want you to die. I don't wish misery on you. I'm not praying that you go to jail. Like a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to go to jail. He's not going to go to jail. Okay, I got news for you. And, and I know I'm going to get a lot of calls. You're not really a progressive. Like I got a lot of from last week's uh, uh, thing. You're not really a progressive. You you should be saying defund the police. No, I will never say defund the police because I don't want to defund the police. I want to reform policing in America, which everybody wants to do. Nobody wants to defund the police except for 19-year-olds marching in the street who have no clue how to win elections. I want to reform the police. I want to end racism. I want to end racial profiling. Defund is not a good word. Get over yourself. You're not that smart. I got a lot of emails about that statement. I'm sure a few people will not be listening to my show this week who listened to it last week because of what I said about the elections. Doesn't make me less progressive. Trust me, I want to fix policing as much as you do. But I want to actually get something done and I want to win elections. Because we can't let these guys win elections anymore. Look what they did. I, uh, it is what it is, right? <laughs> Look, happy Thanksgiving, America. I, I guess I'm going to have a podcast before Thanksgiving. Well, I'm, I'll be back next Tuesday. So maybe I shouldn't say happy Thanksgiving. Maybe I'm in the Thanksgiving mode because right before I came up to record this podcast, I thought, I got to figure out what size turkey to get for three people. I usually get a 26 to 30 pounder. I think this year I'm going to maybe get a 12 pounder. It's so sad. <laughs> How long does that take to cook? An hour and a half? I, I I don't know. It's crazy. All right, guys. I love you. Thanks for making this podcast successful. You're really helping me. And uh, I really enjoy doing this. So I hope you enjoy it too. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. If you want to follow me there, tell your friends. And I want to remind you as always to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.